This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast. Now in our sixth season, looking into the exciting off-field happenings of Ipswich Town Football Club and some on-field happenings maybe as well. I'm Richard Woodward and this is the flagship show available every week on video and audio. So for an irreverent but always informative hour or more football conversation, make your Monday a Blue Monday. And joining me for his hat-trick ball appearance in a row is Seb Brown. And welcome back to the pod, as always, a guy who I know who could take a set piece from either side of the field and keep it within the field of play, David Diamond. Gentlemen, how the devil are you? Seb, we'll start with you back again three times in a row. Back again three times in a row and three nil-nil draws. Brilliant. I, I, <laughs> I think I am possibly the curse of the Blue Monday podcast. I had the, the nil-nil with MK Dons, and then the nil-nil with Charlton, and now a nil-nil now, so... God, next time I'm on and we actually score a goal, I, I won't know what to do. I won't know what to say. I'll go to pieces. I'm not on next week. You'll be pleased to, to hear because I can't watch the game. So 3-0 Ipswich Town victory incoming. But um, I'm, I'm very well, thank you. You don't, you don't need to watch the game to be able to talk about it, Seb. It'll be a nil-nil against Swindon. Anyway, <laughs> um, Dave, good to see you. How are you, sir? Yeah, good. I haven't watched the game for six weeks and I think this is my fourth time on. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's it's sort of fairly standard, really. No, I, I have, to be fair. I have to be fair. Yeah, very well. Thanks, Rich. Yeah, very well. Um. Yeah, I did sit through. I did manage to sort of sit through it yesterday, which we'll get to, no doubt. But no, other than that, I'm pretty good, I think. Grant, and um, this is we're recording Sunday morning. I kind of feel like we need some orange juice and some croissant, some kind of Sunday supplement. We'll kind of <laughs> keep it like a chilled out Sunday morning type vibe. Um, and as, as as has been common in the last few weeks, um, we're mostly going to talk about off field stuff, as I mentioned in my intro. Um, let's let's start. Uh, this the short-lived European Super League guys, which um, felt like either a really stupid idea um, from the start, as the reaction from the supporters and the wider game in general, um, to make sure it was um, pretty quickly killed off. But slight suspicions that this is just a negotiating tactic, and we haven't seen the end of it. Um, Dave, do you want to give us 
Give us your thoughts on, on the short of the European Super League. Well, it's that agreed. But then when you sort of sort and I drilled down into the sort of minutiae of it all, I mean the the debt that these clubs are in, some of the eye watering debt that these clubs are in, you know, you can see why the owners are trying to sort of dip their toe into this sort of dip their toe into the water and um and maybe, yeah, I think like you, I don't think this is the end of it. I think this was pretty much, yeah, very much sort of testing the waters and um probably got the probably got the reaction they expected I think but you know when you look at the debt some of these clubs are in it's just phenomenal isn't it absolutely phenomenal so yeah from that point of view for these uh, these owners uh, for these owners who were sort of I think predominantly American owners um yeah I can see why they were looking to sort of push it through but um yeah I think I think they perhaps did underestimate the um the supporters reaction that's for sure Seb, on on the supporters' reaction, I mean, clearly a good sign that a, a United fan base can affect change and such significant change at that. Does it give you confidence for the future about, you know, Cronky Arsenal's under pressure now, isn't he? And and others might the Glazers might be too. Um, but on other issues, you know, we're going to talk about social media shortly. Do you feel any better about the, the kind of United fan base that it can be a positive, yeah, um, driver for change? Yeah, well, it shows obviously what can be done when people come together. You know, you had Sky Sports pundits for sort of 24 hours going on about it nonstop and, and, and almost, you know, empowering people and saying, you know, don't let it write to your local MP, march on your ground, etc. And to be fair, it all worked. It would have been nice to see potentially, you know, um, similar reactions to other issues that are currently going on in football. I'm sure we'll come on to that kind of stuff a little bit later. But it just showed, you know, football is, is a game for the fans. And without the fans, it's, it's, it's a cliche. It's been said for the last 12 months. But without the fans, it's absolutely nothing. And it really showed the power of what can be done when mm. when people sort of come together. You know, we saw the protests at Arsenal. We saw the the stuff at United and stuff. And I, I, I guess they're very, very fortunate that no one can be in the ground at the minute because if there had been a normal round of fixtures yesterday <laughs> with a, a full Emirates on Friday night and stuff, there would have been absolute, you know, they'd be getting <laughs> pelters left, right and centre. So yeah. it's not really a surprise. They, they've done it when they, they can't be held to account within their own stadiums. Like you guys said, I'm, I'm not sure this is entirely the end of it. It seems to be a bit of a dipping your toe in the water to gauge reaction. Clearly, they read the room very, very badly. Uh, and I guess we'll see, we'll see what happens moving forward. But from the fan point of view, it was, you know, that's great to see isn't it when when fans come together real change can be can be carried out totally agree um on to on to other more interesting things and Ipswich Town related things this week in chronological order Wigan um confirmed unsurprisingly the appointment of Liam Richardson on a permanent basis as their manager um who obviously succeeded um Paul Cook and was his long has been his long time number two um so good news for him but Paul Cook is going to have to to borrow Seb's phrase about, or was it Dave's phrase about dipping toes in water? Um, Paul Cook is going to have to find someone new to work with. <clears throat> early early thoughts are John McGrill, who I who I, I'm back in Ippo now. I saw walking around, and I think yesterday though, you know, a guy with a shaven head is pretty common everywhere. Um, Kieran Dyer has kind of been closer and closer to the first team. Noel Hunt has been mentioned. Um, any thoughts on your possible favourites for the number two position, Dave? I don't think so. I mean, I think John McGreal, I think he was obviously always very well loved at the club. Great player, always really rated him as a player and um, probably got harshly treated uh, at Cole U. And um, it was almost a case of with Cole U now, the, um, I hate to careful. say it, the be careful what you wish for type scenario, isn't it? That's, um, um, that's for my brother-in-law, Tom, who's a Cole U fan. Yeah, careful what you wish for, Tom. There you go. There you go. So, um, yeah, I mean, Noel Hunt, really not sure 
much about his sort of credentials at, at, at this current moment. Yeah, I think it would be. A, I think it was a, perhaps a, a bit of a blow, no doubt, a bit of a blow to to Cook that he's number two. That Richardson apparently isn't coming now. Um, obviously, having signed the contract with Wigan, but fair play to him. You know, Wigan have been on a superb run, which has obviously earned him earned him that contract. So. Yeah, difficult one for Cook, isn't it? You're right, you know, because I think he, like, like we said, you know, Roberts obviously came in initially, um, and it all it seemed that Richardson was a was a shoe in, and obviously he couldn't really anticipate in his his obviously much improved performance at, at Wigan. So it'd be interesting, but no, if it's um, yeah, I don't, I wouldn't have thought perhaps it will be totally, you know. A, a role given to Kieran Dyer at this stage. So, but yeah, you know, I'm all for Kieran Dyer. That's, you know, being around the first team, you know, the first team scene. And yeah, it'd, yeah, it'd be nice to see John McGreal come in, I think, if, it is, if he is the man. Good link to the uh, a success, a successful era as well. More on that to come as well. Um, yeah. Seb, yeah. we were talking about this on our Zoom call yesterday and, and um, one of our group, um, I think Mark it was, who, who said that a number two needs to be needs to have the ability to challenge and question um the main man and do you think any of those um are those options would be able to do that um do you think the squad would be able to understand two scousers as one and two um who's, who would be your favorite appointment be like the first yeah, show yeah. I can confirm working with working with scousers. If you get two together, it can be very very difficult to follow what they're saying. They sort of go into their own language, so they might need a, a third party as a as a translator. Um, I'd personally prefer an, an external appointment. I, I'd, I'd love Kieran Dyer to be you know stay as a first team coach, but I just think the club yeah. with all the new fresh ideas that are coming in and the fresh voices, I think the assistant manager role would be a lot better served coming from that kind of position. Obviously, we all thought it'd be Richardson. Him and Cook have worked really, really well together in the past. So it is crucial that we get somebody in now. And if you're out of work now, you know, what, let's not wait till the summer. Let's, I know we've only got three games to go, but let's get somebody in in the next week or two. You know, if we, if we were waiting for Richardson, there's no reason we can't go out and, and, and get somebody now and, and hopefully Cook can strike up that relationship with them. I guess my only doubts with McGreal is, does he want to be an assistant manager long term or are we going to be in a position in six months time where a job comes up and he wants to go? And then are we back in the same boat potentially? But, you know, he's, he's, he's one of the one of the stalwarts. <laughs> from the the most recent bout of success we've had you know we we grew up we were teenagers at the time watching watching a ball playing center back bring the ball forward you know he's, he's loved by the club uh, well respected and I'd, I'd have no issues with John McGreal coming in at all and hopefully him and Cook can get that that right balance because I think Cook needs it a little bit at the moment I think he feels like he's a little bit on his own I guess with um with the decision making and the the training and the tactics and stuff and it'd be nice for him just to have that that sounding board and and, and if it's McGreal happy days and 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 Dave you you'll yeah, we'll all recall the era of um, when when Burley had kind of there was a bit of a rotating door of assistant managers, wasn't there? When you had uh, Stuart Houston and and John Gorman, John Gorman. you know, to Seb's point about um, an assistant manager who is looking to be a manager, is that a, is that a bad thing? You know, is, is someone who's got pedigree and also also ambition to the top job. No, might I think be more Seb's right. I forthcoming. Think the, cru- the crucial point that Seb made, you know, you need a, you need an assistant manager. You know, I I, I always refer back to the Phil Neal. Um, uh, uh, Taylor, you know the, the you know the famous documentary. Yeah, you can't be that. You just can't be that. You need someone to be able to challenge up. And I think someone like John McGreal coming, you know, coming in, he's always got that experience. Experienced man played the game to obviously at the top level. Um, yeah, you'd think he he would be. Yeah, he would be a man who could certainly challenge, you know, challenge and question. So I think that's definitely what you that's definitely what you need. So he'd be for me, it'd be an ideal fit. You, I, I strategically you use the word favorite. I'm, I'm revealing like the magician. This is like behind the magician's code, 
as a host because for those of you watching on youtube a little scroller there from my friends at favorite chicken you can you can still get 20 percent off guys and and i haven't yet i've been in ipswich for two weeks and i still haven't done this so my mission before the end of the season is to get myself some favorite chicken with 20 percent off for our subscribers use the um you dedicated url www.chicken hyphen ipswich.co.uk i mean brilliant domain name and use the code bm20 at checkout and dave you're a fan and seb you can okay you know i can i can thoroughly endorse it i can thoroughly endorse it yeah having had a fairly a, a brilliant delivery of about i think it's about two weeks ago now yeah absolutely first class stuff so about yeah right right behind it right behind it new ones and seb will will helicopter some up to you in in, in north <laughs> wales um or you can come down across the border now I'll make a I'll make a dash for it. Yeah, I'll make a dash down to Suffolk for a, sit in my parents' garden and order some favourite chicken before heading back up again. Lovely stuff. Continuing the news, guys. I will kind of skip through. There's a couple of bits and pieces here of just administration news. So feel free to chip in. Um, this is from our friends at TWTD reporting. Um, Scott Barron, um, former left back, who I, I always thought Scott Barron was underrated when he was playing for us under Royal, and um, went on to join Millwall. Um, uh, currently owns a sports management company. Um, and has been linked to return as head of recruitment. Um, I, I, I'm not looking for an incisive analytical point. It's just interesting news. And any thoughts on Scott Barron? Welcome. Otherwise, I'm happy to skip through to the next bit. Not so much on yeah. Scott Barron, but it is encouraging, isn't it, that we are looking to, you know, completely Ooh, head of recruitment. Re- what a completely redo. Yeah, what a, what a crazy strategy to have in 2021. <laughs> you know, hopefully we'll see several more titles and stuff coming into the building relatively soon. Head so, of fitness. Head of sports. Yeah, uh, just a fitness coach, just just a goalkeeping coach as well, maybe, you know, rev- revolutionary stuff. Um, no, it's, it's encouraging, isn't it? Hopefully they're going to act pretty quickly come the season end and we're going to see all these department heads and stuff moved in fairly quickly. And um, given that we've had absolutely no structure for the last 13 years, bar one person making decisions, that you know if we can get something get something done properly and become a bit more professional then we're all for aren't we yeah who knows may even be may even be a set piece coach you never know (laughs) you never know throwing coach (laughs) (laughs) um moving on it's been i think it's been a good week in the news for our friends at game changer and or three lines um twtd reported earlier in the week that um the ipswich plc shareholders will retain their 12 and a half percent um, stake in the club, which I think is a good thing symbolically. Um, there is some kind of financial stuff. Ben always defers to you on this kind of stuff, Dave. But I think I, I can. I understand the words, but feel free to clarify. But I think it pretty much makes sense. Um, the twelve and a half percent stake in the club was was fine when Marcus Evans was in charge because he largely funded the club through taking loans. Um, but because um, we know the Arizona Arizona Pension Fund or ORG or um, are liquid. Um, and have equity they can pump in that might lead to that 12 and a half percent being diluted in the future i think i've said all of that correctly um so there you that, go so that's a, that's how i understood it. that's how i read it anyway yeah yeah um not sure i'd want not sure <laughs> at my advanced age not sure i'd want much of my pension fund invested there but anyway that's just my opinion well uh, maybe i you know, the, the, I'll come on to um, interviews that um, Burke Bakai has been doing this week and also Brett Johnson in a second as well. Really positive stuff. Um, Burke yeah. Bakai, we've not heard a huge amount from, clearly comes across as just a passionate football person, which yeah. is brilliant to have in a position of such significance at the club. Um, and um, he, he's kind of... He, I, I wonder, Dave, to your point about whether a lot of the... The interviews that have come out, they're clearly for our benefit as supporters, but I wonder whether they're for the benefit of the ORG, their, their, their kind of 
their pension fund backers as well because there's a lot of positive stuff here but there's a lot of talk about um the, the last thing i think in um the kings of anglia um interviews there's lots of stuff about getting it done getting the resources which we've started to see um but it's kind of what it, it's get to the epl um and then and then go big and and i think that's the kind of stuff that a pension fund that's investing so they got it here that's exactly, that's exactly that's exactly what they want to hear you know they clearly they clearly did their homework you know they're talking about the you know the burke the first, the first one i saw um you know clearly done his homework and was aware of perhaps the heritage of ipswich town which was great and referred to the the unbeaten european home record which is great clearly done his homework and, and he's a obviously a passionate you know very much passionate support you know obviously a long-standing galatasaray support and i used to not not for a few years now but i used to travel over to istanbul for for work um a couple of times a year for a stretch of about five or six years never got to a game but was over there in istanbul certain you know during game nights and they are just fanatic they are absolute well you see it you've seen it on tv they are mad absolutely mad for it so that was good you know came across came across really well i thought and uh obviously the occasional dda drogba name drop which always <laughs> which always helps you know so no i was really you know i was really impressed with all that but yeah clearly sometimes it does it does sort of make me sort of cringe a bit when they talk about start talking about franchises and things like that and you think oh but and look you know clearly uh, that's that's their that's their ambition that's well obviously that was ultimately marcus evans aim, but clearly these guys these guys have got the clout to do it and the drive and ambition to do it and one point he did make he, he did make, i think it was either him or maybe the subsequent interview with his colleague that um if they did sort of sort of almost refer to marcus evans as being an absent an absent owner which was yeah, an interesting point i've got those quotes so those those were from brett on, johnson sorry. um let me let me give those quotes now in case folk haven't got to read it these were um quotes that he gave to um keiko Lazzo, which is a, a podcast i yeah. think a spin-off of cbs sports um in the states um and he said with the utmost respect to marcus evans um it's it's no secret he was a he was a fairly um an absentee owner you really have to live breathe eat this stuff 24 hours a day and it's a team effort I feel very fortunate with the success I've had at Phoenix Rising. The credit goes to other individuals, but I think um, coming on to Ipswich, having Paul Cook um, in his experience and Mark Ashton um, and so making some fairly dramatic wholesale changes over the summer window. Um, uh, yeah, uh, hopefully to restore Ipswich back to its former glory. Um, interesting thoughts on Mark Evans. They've been generally quite respectful, but I think, mm. you know, there's... Now the deal is done. I guess they don't need to maybe tread so carefully around Marcus and, and Marcus's feelings. But a lot of the stuff we're seeing is the complete polar opposites there of the kind of approach that Marcus Evans took, which was, you know, early on have the CEO. So there's, there's yeah. maybe a consistency there. But I don't think there was a huge amount of other infrastructural personnel in the right positions. And early days, he was fairly absentee and but wanted to be involved in decision making. And, and as... Brett Johnson has said there, it's a 24-7 living, breathing organism that can't wait for an owner who may or may not be in this country to sign off on decisions. So it's positive to hear that that's the structure they want and they're going to let, they're going to trust the likes of Paul Cook and Mark Ashton to get on with things. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they've really missed a beat in all these interviews since we've, since they've, they've bought us, you know, we are all just lapping up. I understand part of that is because we've been, you know, so, so on a downward curve for the last 13 years, et cetera. But from a, from a PR point of view and from a media point of view that they're saying all the right things that we want to hear, which is, you know, thank God if we were sat here about to discuss this latest nil nil draw with Evans still in charge, you know, we'd be thinking what is going to happen next year. So they are getting all the offers 
off-field stuff so far absolutely right. They've moved quickly to announce Ashton. They're giving their public backing to Cook. Um, and I guess we'll start to see, hopefully, come the end of the season, you know, positions and, and playing staff will start to get filled in fairly quickly. But from a from a PR point of view, they are hitting all the right numbers and we are just all absolutely lapping it up. And it makes you excited as well, doesn't it? When you hear about your club being spoken about in these kind of ways, you know, they, they refer to the rich history and the, you know, the traditions Iconic. of the club. And yeah, those, those kind of terms, you know, we've not heard those kind of things. I remember Sky Sports in the um, in the Swindon game back in January, they described Portman Road as some, some sort of, kind of grand home of English football or something. You know, we've not really heard these terms given the, the massive decline over the last few years so it's so refreshing and so nice to, to to hear how we are viewed in the game okay albeit by our new owners but um but it just, it just makes you feel feel better about the whole situation and i'm really really excited for what the summer's going to bring and brett johnson was very specific about you know that all paths led to ipswich on this mm, investment yeah. and credited frank yallop obviously who, who who we all know um and, and back to kind of burke bakai i thought i would leave you guys on he was asked about his vision um, and this kind of got me a little bit excited. So the vision is, and I say this with utmost humility, I'm not saying it's going to be automatic and we just press some buttons and it's going to happen. What I will tell you is we will put the appropriate resources, starting with people, with our CEO, with our manager, with our chairman, with ourselves, people and resources and discipline. Discipline. Um, I don't mean to discipline them. I think if you put those things in effect and you are respectful of each other's lanes and you empower qualified people that have done these things before you can get the job done get it done get the resources um uh, and to me you know that just uh, uh, the stuff about stay in your lane as well and i, and I think the latter era the last the latter end of the marcus evans era dave we you know we hear things it's just as joe has said before it's a small town so you know it's, it's, it doesn't take too long before you to you bump into someone who's in the know at playford road and portman road markets have been getting more and more involved and in kind of micromanaging this season and an owner Richard, really Richard. should be owning shouldn't he yeah, from what I understand, Rich, it's been that like that for the last four or five seasons. It's been right. like that, and, and and I think the key word you made in your you know your last summary there was empowerment. I don't think anybody was empowered. No one, no one had any any, no one had any power to make any decision down there, as far as I'm concerned, from from small to to whatever sort of decision, as far as I'm aware. And I think the most important thing is now, you know, the the CEO coming in, the chairman, the CEO. These are football people from a football background, and that's the key, I think. Yeah, they understand um, it. They get it. And and one thing that you know, um, Brett Johnson's. I, I said that was going to be the last bit, but um, I haven't read my own notes. Um, but one good thing that Brett Johnson mentioned, Seb, and and this is something that again Marcus Evans really failed or failed to grasp the importance of, was how the club represents the community in the town. Mm -hmm. um, and Brett Johnson's quote: "These teams ideally live and thrive because of the community support. The supporters yeah. in Phoenix." that were behind um, the predecessor of the days of Phoenix Rising, got me through some dark periods of time I'll never forget. I'm grateful to them. So by extension, I'm grateful to the global community of Ipswich supporters. I'm going to go, I'm going to work with the extended team tirelessly to reward them and get this club back to a point of pride for the broader community because it's where it deserves to be. But the, this talk of, of the football club not being a kind of institution in its own right that it is part of, and, you know, the 12.5% share, holding thing is is perhaps a, is, is part, perhaps part of that it belongs to the community and it belongs to the club and the fans and it, he had similar thoughts on the european sports league um super league that's the kind of stuff that you want to hear as well you know Absolutely, actions and yeah. words i get but 
Absolutely. And he spoke as well, didn't he, later on in the interview about coming over for hopefully the first game of the season if the world gets back to normal. And what I liked was the fact he said, you know, we're going to come over there, see the game. And then he said, and we'll spend some time in the community and talk to people and meet people. You know, we'd see Evans in the box every now and again. But did, did he do any kind of thing, anything after that? Not, not that I'm aware of. Whereas I get the impression these guys would probably come for a week, you know, see a game and then spend time meeting the official supporters, trust, you know, that kind of thing. Maybe doing Q&A things at a place in Portman. I could see all those kind of activities taking place. Um, and then that's great to see because owning a football club, you know, you're sort of the you're the custodian of it. You know, a football club does belong belong to the fans. So at the end of the day, buyers will come and go, players will come and go, mm. managers will come and go. But, you know, we are stuck with, with Ipswich Town. Not always a good thing given the current yeah. situation. But to, to get that he sort of, you know, he, he understands that, he values that is is really, really positive to see. And and the whole town wins. If, if, if the club is successful, let's be honest, the whole town wins. You know, if we go up, you know, it makes such a big difference to the local pubs, restaurants, hotels, you know. It could be a real, real boost for for the town of Ipswich, and it, it's brilliant that they look further afield than just what happens on the pitch, and just that, just that, you know, that square, square half a mile around Portman Road. I remember when we got promoted in two thousand, how suddenly the town felt a lot. You know, the start of the season, it felt like shops were opening, and you know there was merchandise everywhere and all that kind of stuff. It's so you're I mean, right. It's, it's a virtuous circle, isn't it? You know, can't you remember that first home game against Man United? I mean, mm. what the hell? Yeah. was probably one of the best. One of, you know, one of the well, undoubtedly probably best atmosphere down there for the last twenty seasons. The whole day, you know, it was they got the um, it was the unveiling of the statue and everything, wasn't it? The whole day, Bobby Charlton was there. Was that incredible, wasn't it? Absolutely incredible. But I think, Rich, you've overlooked the most important part of Brett Johnson, which I think I know where you know. Oh, where sorry, yeah, good point. Is of course his revelation of well. <laughs> Um, if Ipswich Town and your reaction sent, too, yeah, yeah, we, we write this down, everyone, um, and and others as well, including Muller. I think if Ipswich ever says <laughs> the Premier League, the first thing the new owner Brett Johnson will do is get a tattoo of the club's badge. Yup, Ipswich Premier League, that is a tattoo," said Johnson. I just have to figure out a way to break it to my wife. I know such issues for me. I'll just get it right in the middle of my face. That'll be fine. Um, but yeah, there you go. I've I've committed along with others to support Brett in doing the same so um maybe we should all get it done on the the first day of the premier league season somewhere at portman road you know you can queue up like you're getting your covid jab or something so i think i think i I think and then jules didn't jules hughes tweeted tweeted his which i think's um, prominently disposed somewhere on his on the side of his calf or somewhere like that i think it is yeah i think it's been there a few years jules bless him (laughs) yeah seen some interesting interesting i think i've seen some action (laughs) yeah i think so Um, yeah yeah well i mean Burke Bakai stuff all over um, Ipswich Media this week. Um, um, the interview with Brett Johnson, which is great, which I think we might have retweeted from the main account. Um, if you're looking for K Galazzo, which is um, QUE Galazzo um, and CBS Sports, you'll, you'll quickly find that. But a lot of people like and retweeting that. Really worth a listen. Um, and um, yeah, and <laughs> um, we'll do one last bit of news and then we have to talk about actual football, gents, I'm afraid. Um, <laughs> News that broke last night, uh, a kind of collective statement by the football community, the FA Premier League, EFL, FA Women's Super League, FA Women's Championship, PFA, LMA, the PGMOL, the Professional Game Match Officials Board, kick it out and FSA, the Football Supporters Association, will unite for a social media boycott from three o'clock on Friday, the 30th of April, to midnight on, or just before midnight on Monday, the 3rd of May. In response to the ongoing sustained discriminatory abuse received by uh, received online by players and many others connected to the game, the boycott shows English football coming together to emphasise that social media companies must do more 
to eradicate online hate um, while highlighting the importance of educating people in the ongoing fight against discrimination. Um, so uh, as the statement suggests, guys, you know, the boycott like this from football in isolation is not going to end online abuse in totality. Um, but hopefully it demonstrates that the game, and we've seen that with the Super League, again, they're acting in a group way um, in a, in, and taking proactive steps um, can achieve positive things. Obviously, something we we talk quite a lot of on the pod about being respectful on social media and um, and you know being respectful of opinions and particularly people's um, backgrounds and and differences. Um, this is a good thing, and, and it's great that the club is supporting it and and the football community at large. I think we can just do thumbs up to that one. Yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah absolutely. Yeah, t- yeah, totally agree. Let's real. Let's yeah. hope it really you know invokes some change because some of the stuff yeah. you see is abhorrent and disgusting, and it nice. it does need to change. And fingers crossed, all these clubs coming together can yeah. make a bit of a difference. No, all for that. Yep. Let's let's um let's Must bring win. it bang up today. I, I was going to try to find a segue through that, and I, I thought just better of doing that. So let's clean break, stop, pause. On to AFC Wimbledon, gents, um, and I think we'll hop, skip, and jump through this as as swiftly as we can. Really, um, three changes from the Northampton game. Cornell in for Holy, probably the most um, eye-catching of those. Um, Bishop in for Sears, notionally Hawkins in for Jackson. Um, your thoughts on those changes, Seb, particularly, I guess, Di Cornell. Well, he, needs, he needs to see him, doesn't he? We all need to see him. Holy's come under some fire recently. Um, he is what he is. He's a mid-table mid, mid league one goalkeeper, but he's come in for some real stick, um, mostly from yourself, um, about flapping for crosses and not dominating his area. So, you know, we have to... Cook needs to see... I didn't criticise him for that. I didn't criticise oh, him for flapping for crosses. It's it's hard to keep track of your. I can uh, add it in if you want. Yeah, add it to the list. Um, No, we need we need to see Cornell, don't we? Let's be honest. Cook needs to see what he can do, what he can't do. I guess hopefully we might be in the market for a new keeper. So he's got to he's got to take a look at him, give him a proper chance. I I think he'll probably play the remaining three games now. I don't really see any reason to bring Holy back in. I thought he played really well yesterday. Uh, Well, not really well. He played. He he was the best of a of a bad bunch. Hawkins up front, I guess, is a. one to hopefully hold the ball up a little bit and hopefully change the change the way we play instead of aiming long balls towards Jackson and him not winning anything for 90 minutes. I guess the plan was Hawkins can hold it up and the likes of Bennett's Bishop and Edwards in the three behind can look to support him, but that didn't really work. And Bishop came in for Sears. You know, I guess again with Bishop, he needs to see if he can really do the number 10 role. Uh, missed the last game with an illness, but, you know, is he going to be one that Paul Cook could hang his hat on and say, yep, you're my number 10 for next season? Based on yesterday, I don't think so. Um, Sears is bombed out of the squad completely um, after Tuesday night and um, Bishop comes in for him. Um, do we think that might, uh, there wasn't any chat of injuries? I don't think I remember him going off hobbling. Is that might be the audition over for Freddie Sears, do we think? Yeah, I think we'll probably see him return up the A12 at some point during this close season. I wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, yeah, just going back. Yeah, I mean, Cornell... Yeah, you, you'd have thought, particularly, he, he would would have wanted to have a look at Cornell anyway, and he didn't do a lot wrong yesterday, and I take your point. And Mick Mills didn't do him any favour, did in commentary, where, you know, you, perhaps you tend not to pick that up. And he said, well, why didn't he come for that? He's just static on the line. And I think that's the point you're trying to make. He doesn't flap at crosses. He's just a bit static, isn't he? But no, other than that, had a good game, made some good saves, good save from the free kick, you know, routine-ish penalty save, but he was aware for the second follow-up. So, yeah, I thought he'd done well. And like Seb says, I think he'll stay. He'll stay on the side for... Mm-hmm. the rest of the season um as for 
vicious. Just vicious. <laughs> he showed glimpses, hasn't he? Since he's been back, um, he showed glimpses in certain areas of what he can do. You know, get the ball, drop his shoulder, run. Invariably, I think Joe's picked up on this on recent podcast that, you know, typical of League One, that he will do that. And as he drives forward, he'll just be cynically taken out and, you know, be cynically taken out and a player will just buy a, buy a yellow card for that. So, yeah, he didn't show up well yesterday. And, well, I mean, Bennett's and Edwards. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, more than that. Well, I don't know where you can go with that. I mean, Edwards. I mean, perhaps we'll get to this. Go on, Kate. We may even get to this, but Edwards. I think Craig said yesterday on on our group that um, you know he's the one that infuriates him most, and he's the one that I think infuriates me most because he's got it, Edwards, hasn't he? He's yeah, hands up. He's a little lightweight, but he's got it. He can beat a man. He's got pace. He's got it in him. You know, we saw. I thought against Northampton in the week, he was our best player. We thought, oh, yeah, you know. Um, Great shot early, you know, early didn't even think he could kick it that hard or far. I think someone else said that. Um, and it looked really good at, at times, you know, at, okay, at Northampton, let's put it in perspective. But wow, yesterday. And Bennett's as well. Bennett's first half, you know, I've said before, I think it's a player there. He's got a lovely touch and he looks a player, doesn't he? But I'm not convinced. You know, he, so he, he makes that run, drops his shoulder, makes that run to the edge of the box, commits defenders and then there's just no confidence, is he? Just no confidence just to lash it, you know, tries to place it and he's awful. And yeah, I mean, those two yesterday, you would say, I don't think we'll see, I don't think we'll see Bennett's again after that, surely. I can't believe we will. No, that's really frustrating with Bennett. How, how many times oh. did we see him absolutely wallop across? You know, he gets the he gets the technique and the pace so wrong when he's doing a cross, and yet the one time you want him to put his laces through the ball and absolutely... He tries to place it in shanks. It. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's so frustrating. <laughs> And he, he, he must be frustrating because he does look a play. You know, he does. He needs to see some close control. And he's got that ability to drop his shoulder. Or, or not even that. Just he's got it within him. But it's just, I don't know what it is. It's just complete lack of confidence. Surely it's got to be, hasn't it? Got to we'll, be. We'll get Paul Cook's views on on the performances later on because that's that's probably just worth talking about on the pod alone. Just very quickly so we can pay some respect to Wimbledon because they were involved in the fixture as well. Good. Um, one change for them, Ollie Palmer comes in um, for Ryan Longman. Um, sorry, Ryan Longman comes in for Ollie Palmer, who'd got quite a good partnership with Joe Piggott, who I wouldn't mind if he was a target. In good the player. Like him. Um, like him. Some, you know, strong. Obviously, you've got goals and strong as well. Yeah. Put his penalty to one side. It doesn't matter. But yeah, good. Yeah, I liked him a lot. Yeah. Um, some in- interesting ex-Ipswich news on the Wimbledon bench. Shane McLaughlin, Irish midfielder. Um, one town up in the Crystal Palace League Cup game where we played the kids and they... It was a 2-1 defeat, very narrow defeat. Um, he was on the bench for me yesterday. Uh, the first half, we'll, we'll cut through that pretty quick. And Paul Cook's comments on that are pretty stark. I mean, to me, it's punctuated by really poor defensive organisation, particularly, um, well, I don't think, apart from Vincent Young, I think all three of the back line are worth a, 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 a finger point at some point. Wolfenden kind of maybe less so than those McGuinness and a really, really shaky start. Um, Ward, hmm, um, and to be honest, I thought, I thought Vincent Young struggled first half as well. Gave, yeah, the, you know, got, no, I, got the ball, gave the ball away. I think I mentioned that. I think, yeah, he's, he's not in his finest game. Obviously, second half improved greatly. But first half, I think that perhaps contributed to it because he was he was poor also. It was just a general malaise across the whole back four, I thought, first half. Lackadaisical, wasn't it? I mean, mm. there's there's blocks from Wolford and there's block, glass glass blocks from McGuinness, from Rodoni. Um, the chance you've mentioned, Dave, on 15, when uh, it's great play from it's actually a really good move this Vincent Young's kind of twists and turns in the town right off to Hawkins who releases Bennett's with a kind of first time 
flicked pass. And, and instead, we, this is what we said in our Zoom call, is Bennett tries to finesse, finish this like he's playing FIFA, rather yeah. than just stick his laces <laughs> through the ball and stick it, it in the corner. It's what Craig he, he did last week, weird, isn't it? His, I'm not sure what his foot is doing on the ball. Trying, he, trying to put some swaz on it and you know have a have a great goal for his highlights reel for wherever he gets sent round to for next season. Yeah, the one time you want him to hit it, he just doesn't and... I mean, it's, it's a real woeful shot, isn't it? He does he does okay to get himself in the position. He's not really under any he pressure. I, I think he's left-footed, so it's on his favourite side as well. And he just lash very, it. very, very, lash very it badly gets it wrong. Yeah, just just hit it. Just lash hit it. it in the near and see what just happens. Lash it. Yeah, but, yeah. Like you yeah. said, yeah, he's got the, the FIFA, like Craig said, the FIFA finesse button is left permanently turned on with pretty much all of our players, <laughs> and that's the result of it. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Um, and pretty much straight away, uh, Edwards loses possession. Um, long went into Woodyard, Woodyard to Rodoni, um, who's basically in the middle of the goal, has the whole thing to aim for and side foots it wide. I mean, that was a pretty, in terms of clear-cut chances, those two in quick succession, you'll struggle to find any that would be uh, missed in any other fixture in the country, I suspect, yesterday. Um, and then 24 minutes, kind of halfway, halfway through the first half, pretty obvious penalty pick um, it's, it's pulled back, I think, um, by McGuinness. Low penalty, which Cornell gets in the right way. I think he saves it with, with his leg. As you say, Davis quick to respond with the with the rebound to kind of um, prevent anything else happening. But in terms of the first half, that's that's pretty much it. And you know, um, Paul Cook's reaction to the first half. I'll, I'll lob that in there before we talk about the second. The first half performance. I do the voice. The first half performance is possibly, <laughs> and I've been in and around football for a long, long time. As bad as I've ever seen in one of one of my one of our teams play, it's uncanny. It's good, I'm pretty happy. Could be him. Change it halfway through. Eyes, it could be yeah. him. Halfway through, Forget the exclusives of Brett Johnson and Burke. You know, we've got Paul Cook. Forget it all. I need to figure out the Westlife key change part way through that. But he's <laughs> he's whether 
whether he's, you know, <laughs> I love how Paul Cook's post match is kind of contradict. Like, I mustn't say something too stupid or whatever, but that's the worst performance I've ever seen for one of my teams. I think pretty harsh. Justified in saying that. Yeah, probably. it was Dave, dreadful. Pretty yeah, accurate. It was dreadful. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, and didn't he say on Tuesday night? Didn't he say I'm, I'm not going to throw the players under the bus anymore after the game? He was sort of, you know, almost apologetic for the demolition man comments, and he said, you know, I'm going to. There's no point me, me me destroying them in public anymore. And then, yeah, four days later, he comes out and said it's the, the worst bit of the worst half football he's ever seen. Crazy, but he's not wrong. No, well, the, the second half is moderately better. Um, the introduction of Dobra um, at halftime makes a bit of a difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, has a, he has a couple of efforts. Um, Piggott, uh, as you said, Dave, probably the most threatening player on the whole pitch, almost gets an own goal um, um, heading mm. in to Zell's, um the only For one once, to take a set piece. the best delivery by million percent of the afternoon the best delivery actually whips it in for once with pace it just doesn't yeah. hang out at the back post or anything like that it's a good great ball in actually i mean it's a fairly routine ball it's a good angle but um yeah um piggott would have counted himself unlucky had that gone in but uh yeah that was a probably a well, yeah it's a chance wasn't it um 60 minutes edwards launches a corner into the axa building um and then just a few minutes later scoose comes off for bishop downs is pushed up in a number 10 sub is maybe a little bit of experiment. <laughs> that really... was, yeah, that was a really weird change for me. You know, you, you need a goal and you, you bring on Cole Scoose. It just, for me, that, that seemed very, very strange. And, you know, Bishop, okay, he wasn't really at it, but who are you pinning your hat on more to create a chance or, you know, score a goal or put a good through ball through? We, we know what Scoose is going to do, but it was a very strange uh, decision. And, and Downs, although he got forward well, again, he doesn't strike me as a natural number 10 either. So experimental, but a, a bit of a strange one, I thought. And there's a double effort, which the keeper kind of palms just narrowly wide of the unrushing downs in his new advanced yep. position. Drennan comes on for Hawkins. Hawkins didn't really get involved too much, did he? But He won a couple of flick-ons, didn't he, in the first half? But it doesn't really matter who's up there in that, that lone striker position. If it's not Norwood, they're really going to struggle to influence the game. Yep. Um, Cordell palms away a free kick from Piggott. Um, then 74th minute, town clock up. 10 hours of action without scoring a goal. We haven't yet had the Renegade Statman official. Um, we need the when the when the record is set, but I think we've now got the joint number of nil nil results in a season. I can give you that. Yeah. I can, I, I did a stat thing, I can give you that. So the record oh. 714 minutes, which was in the middle of that 94 90, well, not in the middle during that 94 95 horrific run, which included the nine nil. A Man United. So it started with a, um, I think a Lee Chapman winner at home against Southampton, which was Alex Maffey's debut actually, and that? ended literally two months later. I think at Highbury, as <laughs> Ian, Ian Marshall, Marshall, Ian Marshall walked. I think it was just out of sympathy. <laughs> so the Arsenal players were saying, "Wait, well, scored for like a million games." So let him walk through. If you remember, he walked through, didn't he? After Wrighty, I think had already scored a hat trick, a four 0 down at the time. To be fair, <laughs> so um, that ended it, and that was a run of. I don't know, eight, I think it was eight games, no goals scored, 20, just the 27 conceded. So put it in a little bit of perspective. But then I, I then I looked at the Man United team and that 9-0, and that does kind of put it in perspective. And I also compared it with our team that day, and it really does put it in perspective. So at the moment, that's 714, and we're currently up to 619. So it's close. It's getting close. And, um, yeah, three, three more games to go. Um any coincidence that that run coincided with a new manager coming in, trying to instill perhaps a new style of play that the playing squad the, that was there at the time, Dave, couldn't hack? Do I read anything into that? 
Well, he made it clear, well, didn't he? He said, I haven't got the people to play my favoured 4-2-3-1, so he chopped and changed it a little bit. But now he seems to have gone back to back to 4-2-3-1. I, I guess what he said at the start is true. He hasn't got the players that can, can play this role. The three behind the striker are absolutely critical. And ours just, just lack quality, don't they? Let's be honest. Which yeah. is like... I watched Wimbledon and yeah, I think you might have said that, Richard. Someone said it that, you know, Brenner Brenner and Mick Mills are making them sound like bloody Barcelona. But all these teams that we play against have so much more I'm trying to think, fluidity. You know, just mm-hmm. pass up it's easy. So maybe we're just easy to pass through. I don't know. But it just seems much more easier on the eye, much more, you know, constructive, easy, easy flow. And you watch us playing, it's all so deliberate, isn't it? And slow and deliberate. And Dazelle went off yesterday, didn't he? And I've got to say we looked a little bit more, yeah. We looked a little bit more. Uh, I don't know. We seemed to gain a little bit more urgency after he went off. Maybe I know, perhaps you know, last last fifty, whatever it was. I don't know. Last fifteen minutes was it? Maybe not. But we we seemed to. But we are just so slow and deliberate. And yeah, clearly, yeah. If that's the case, we haven't got the players that the way he wants. Um, you know, the way the new manager wants to play. But. Yeah, it was um, just painful to watch. And it has been for week after week, hasn't it? We, we did get Jackson into one position where he had a effort on goal with the angle. Yeah, really yeah. Um, but the only other action I've got, 84th minute, um, Green Edwards wins a, re, a free kick in a really good position, potentially you know, borderline penalty, um, and then launches it into the curve bar. Um, gents. Very, very funny that. tweet. Very funny tweet. Was it Joe tweeted that last night with the Ant and Dick? I think he passed uh, it on. Someone else tweeted it. Go on, Guion. <laughs> yeah. Smash it as hard as you can. Smash it as hard as you can <laughs> over the cobalt stand. The brilliant. Ant and Dick under the cover, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that. I was an exchange with Ben this morning. That does go down. It's still not as good as Larson Toure's corner when he kicked the corner no. flag. But it's up there, isn't it? It's up there. I mean, when when I first saw it, when I saw, I had to look it back. Is I don't know what you. I was watching iFollow yesterday. Obviously, in the shadow of the co-op stand, wasn't it? The shadow was there, and um, and I thought I'd, I'd sort of looked at it and I thought, oh, he's had, oh, he's had a go there, but oh, not bad defending. has deflected off the defender's head, and it's just you know he's really cracked that hard, but. No, but he's just booted that straight out. <laughs> <laughs> um, let, let's, funny. Let's move if you've been there, it's funny. Yeah. Oh, well, if, oh, if do you know what? There... Just, quick, just quickly, I was, I was trying to gauge. The, when, when I had book crikey 18 months ago, whenever it was, when I was last at the game, I was just, what made me laugh, I was trying to gauge um, some people that sit near me, not big fans of Guion Edwards, and I was just trying to gauge what their reaction would have been, and that was that made it even funnier, actually. I'd have actually exploded, probably. <laughs> um, let's do the rest of the Paul Cook post-match because that was probably the most entertaining bit of yesterday oh, um, I can do the voice again if you want but this, this on, bit, this bit kind of, we need it, this, we need this it. reminded me of the opening of Go Three on. Lines when you hear Trevor Brookie you know we're not positive enough <laughs> we, don't, you know, we, we keep on conceding bad goals um, we don't win any contacts on a football pitch we don't win any second <laughs> balls we don't show any fights any desire to win we think we can just turn up and play with a stadium that's seen such great teams, it's like we've won a raffle to play at this ground and we don't really deserve the right to. That's sad, isn't it? That's really sad. It's all on me. Is it on him? Look, notice how I act. You do. It's, it's you know, amazing. Honestly, yeah, and straight, seen, serious, amazing. straight, brilliant. Um, is it on him? I mean, to oh, me, dear. and I was going to come to you on this day because you've been pretty consistent with this about the players not downing tools. Do you still stick by that at the moment? I just still, I, I just, I just don't think players down tools, do they? When they get on the pitch, I just think they're not, they're just not good enough. 
I just I question, I do question the quality of the squad. You know, the squad how it's built up. You know, uh, pre-season, post-season, even at the start of the season. You know, yeah, you know, with our strength of squad and and who said it was it Jimmy Jimmy Walker said it didn't. If we don't get in the top four, you know, we all want shooting or or firing from our jobs. <laughs> um, talk about live by the sword. Um, I question the quality. I really do. I, I honestly question the quality, and it'll be interesting to see. You know, these players that are out of contract and go how they develop and if they develop or if they just don't disappear completely because, oh, mate, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, look, someone raised a point the other day. I think it was, I think I um, might have spoken about it the last time I was on. I think it was Chris Rand who said, look, is it a case of all these out of contract players, their agents in their ears saying, look, you know, you've got six games to go. You're out of contract. You ain't being kept on. Just be wary. You get a serious injury now, your career's gone. You know, you know, is it a bit of that? It's just such a weird, unique situation that these players are in, that the club is in at the moment. That it's just unprecedented, isn't it? So, I, I just don't. Know. I, I, I don't. I, I still say, you know, a player goes on the pitch, or you try and win the game. You try, don't you? But you know, I question you know, at the end of the day whether the quality is there, whether you know whether they're good enough. And my thought, these, these for me, these last three games can't come quick enough, and let's just get this season over and you know yeah. on to the exciting times and what will be and has bloody incredible close season, won't it? Because it will for the club. Just. <laughs> You know, the changes. A level of recruitment we've never seen before. Goodness me, it is going to be seismic, isn't it? So let's just move on. But I I don't know. I don't know, Swift, Seb. What's your your take on it, Seb? I just... They're just, yeah, they're just not... All all that frustrates me is, you know, some of the things that we are really bad at do come to me as coaching issues. So I can never work out a defending set piece. Are we zonal marking or are we man marking? Or is it a weird... Yeah, is it a weird hybrid? So, and I understand if, you know... uh, 100% 100% behind Cook. Cook is the man for me. He should not be judged until probably 10, 15 games into next season. I think with the right recruitment and the right backroom team, he will do really, really well for us. But there is just a slight little niggle that a couple of these things do appear to be coaching coaching issues. And like you say, I'm not entirely sure. You know, These, these players will want to play somewhere else next season. So the advert of them, you know, if the potential people are looking at them, all you've got to look at is a, is a reel of our last four, four, five, six games. And if they see players that have down tools, they're doing themselves out of future employment. So like what? you, I don't really get that whole thing about them just, yeah. just giving up. And the only other frustrating thing for me is that, you know, Bennett's now for what, the fourth game in a row, fifth game in a row has, has done nothing. And yet he might well start next week. I don't understand. Hopefully now we'll see Dobra maybe coming, but I can't see what we would have Surely- got less out of a Lancaster, for example, or somebody, as opposed to just starting the same... It's interesting. You know, we, we see the same 14, 15 players every single game at the moment in a variety of substitute roles and starting roles. And it just it just strikes me, if they're not doing what he's telling them Monday to Friday, then why are they still playing on on the weekend? Why are we not seeing on the bench? You know, why, why have NCR and Chambers on the bench yesterday? That's, that's a centre-half and a right-back cover, which Chambers can do both of. Why not have somebody like a Lancaster or, you know, a, maybe a, I don't know, a Tyree Simpson instead of Aaron Drinnan? I'm not saying start the kids, etc. However, I think, you know, have, have these players on the bench to maybe make a bit of a difference. And if they're not doing, if the, if the senior players aren't doing what they're drilled Monday to Friday, at least you've got others who can come in and, you know, they're not going to do any worse, let's be honest. 
how the, how this would all be playing out if crowds were there, God only knows. Oh, God only imagine. knows. I mean, I made that reference to Edwards just a go, and honestly, I, I dread to think how this would be playing out now. It would be playing out different. But I think, do you know what, getting back to my earlier point, a telling point, and Cook referred to this when he said about Gary Roberts coming into the club, and he said Gary Roberts made the point. He said he was really surprised at the poor quality there, the actual quality within the squad. And I honestly think, I honestly think Seb's right. You know, coach, I mean, Christ, we're appalling defending set play. We are just appalling. There's some, obviously some message not getting through there because you're dead right. Are we zonal marking? Are we man-to-man? It's just not apparent at all. Um, but I, I think there's something to do with the quality there. But, um, yeah, let, let's just get this over with and move on. Yeah. Goodness me. Do you, to, do you want one more bit of Cook before we do the go questions? On. Brilliant. Yeah, for those listening. Go on. Have you still got the voice? Is he still here? Is he still in the room? Is he still? Is he still in the building? Oh, oh he is. Yeah, just need to, channel need to you're find. In a, channel, channel it. I need channel to find it. Most I'm like Derek Cora. I need to find. You know, I need to find my inner. <laughs> channel you're in. Hey, 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 hey. Here it comes. Hey, there, hey. Needs to be, there needs to be a word to get it's me in. into it. it. Might it might just drop in suddenly? It's it's not Come like yeah. you can't just switch it on. I felt second half. We might have oh. hit the goal, but you watch us and hope. I've never watched the team and hoped. Oh wait, I've oh I've screwed it up. Yeah, okay. I've never watched yeah, the that team. Was rich, that was Rich screwing it up, not Paul. I've always watched the team and believed. With this team, with the greatest respect, I don't enjoy watching us. I feel sorry for our fans watching and I follow. Marcus told me once, I've lost it, guys. I've lost it. It's not as good anymore, <laughs> is it? Marcus told me once there was 10,000 for our first games watching me on the iFollow. I wouldn't want to know the figure now, as I'm sure they found something better to do than watch us. Sad. Sad guys, let's go on to the questions and apologies that Cook. You know, if 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 he if if I channel him, it is only for a time, guys. I can't, you know, the spirit world is you know it's not so strong today. The Wi-Fi signal is struggling. Um, can I just can I just add something to that? Just to sum up the last few seasons perfectly. Did you see um um who was it? I think it's Michael Richards show reeling, show reeling, David McGoldrick on match of the day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, move yeah, on. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, a few comments um, as well as questions this week. Um, hello to Tim. Um, is it okay if I listen to the new section and skip forward to the questions we see out of the game review? The game review is pretty good, I thought. Paul Cook put, turned up for a oh, bit of it. Um, if so, could you publish the timings? <laughs> I love the blue Monday football <laughs> by football. Um, ben, evening, to, um, evening, morning, whenever, Ben. Um, six games without a goal. Do you think the players are involved in some sort of match-fixing bank scene? The, <laughs> the official answer to the podcast is no. Um, <laughs> even the poorest teams in any league score a goal. Well, in our own goal... As I, as I tweeted earlier in the week, third joint top scorer. Um, nearly did it for us yesterday. Um, super friend. Last minute question. Hope it makes the cuts. Well, it has super friends. It's been suggested by the fans group I mix with that Paul Cook's post-match words are now bordering on or actually bullying. What do you think? Um, what do you think, Seb? No, not for me. He's just a passionate, oh. honest man, isn't it? Speaking straight after a game, he's 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 saying what we're all thinking. I don't I don't think it's bullying at all. I just think it's a, a, a disappointed. He's probably disappointed in himself. He's definitely disappointed in the quality of the players, and it's just just pure honesty. I think. And, and to be fair to Cook, he's a human being, right? And who has a, a level of a standards from his previous clubs, and he would have wanted to come in and probably be in the playoffs. Mm, and absolutely. like us, you know, there are worse things said by emotional 
football supporters at the end of matches in the ground when we're there and on social media um, that will be much worse and more offensive there. At least Paul Cook has, has not made it personal by singling out specific individuals, which I would argue does constitute bullying, using super friends word. But I, I we don't know what Paul, Paul Cook has been doing since day one. It could be that Paul Cook has tried... I'm now speaking about him like he, like he did on th Thursday in the third person. He, he's probably tried a myriad of different things to try to eke out a little bit of performance from the players. And there's a point, and Paul Hurst found it's pretty early. You get frustrated and you react and you say stuff in the press because maybe that's a strategy. You know, I've tried softly, softly. I've tried kind of coaching and, and arm on the shoulder. And eventually, when you're putting in performances like that, sometimes it's got to be called out publicly, doesn't it, guys? Am I being I think, too critical? Yeah. No, I think you're right. And I think, you know, the key word you use there, he's a passionate man, isn't he? You know, he's a passionate man. It must be so, so frustrating for him, as he said. What well, he said in the interview yesterday, what, 13 games in, what is it, two wins and five or six draws? You know, he'd expected much. He would have expected much more than that. So it's, it's frustration, you know. He works with these players on the training ground and clearly... You know, it's not it's it's not working out there out there on the pitch. So it is just pure pure outlet of frustration, I think. Yeah. Um Yane um asks us about um, benching chambers. He's kind of given us a few options here. Um a power play move, um, seen enough of him, um wants him at the club next season, doesn't want to take a risk with injuries, seen enough of him, doesn't want him at the club. Uh, you know, what what's your theory on on chambers, Seb? I think he's just showing him what, if he wants to stay, what the role is going to be for him next year. I think, you know, he's come out and spoken about it and said there might be, there'll be an offer here for Luke. What that looks like, we don't know. I can't do the voice like you. Uh, what we look, what that looks like, we don't know at the moment. Um, but I think he's probably preparing him and saying, you know, if you're here next year, this is your role. You know, you'll train hard Monday to Friday, but you are going to be a bench option moving forward. And, and what can you do to be in? I was watching Last Chance You on Netflix last night um, about, um, college universities or, or where players who have kind of fallen out of favor with their with proper established colleges go to play in and um, play American football and um, there are a lot of players who, who have were bright young things got into trouble and end up in this kind of this East Mississippi college and they had a guy who uh, a quarterback who big name thing got into a, a like a public very public um, barroom situation and ended up in this place but he realised that he was a focal point for the rest of the players to try to encourage them on the sidelines when he wasn't playing. And I just wonder, the bench is very passive to me. And I wonder whether, to your point, Seb, Cook is kind of suggesting to Chambers, well, you know, you should, what can you do to help me G these guys up? You know, you're a, you're seen as a, a, a big part of the dressing room. You know, be another voice for me, you know. Do, do you reckon that's part of it, perhaps? Yeah, yeah potentially. Go on, sorry, Dave. No, go on, you go. Um, just, just to retell what he said, you know, he is a massive part of the dressing room. He takes the young players to his to his house and puts them under his wing with a bit of guidance and stuff. So you would have thought he is the the general for Cook, so to speak, mm -hmm. in the dressing room. And I guess he needs that from a from a bench point of view as well. Just, no, just I, I agree. I, I agree, and I think that um, to put it in perspective, I think I've said before, well, absolute model, absolute model professional. Can't you know? Can't knock him for that. Absolutely brilliant and a good. And I think he's been a good captain. But um, I think you can safely say if Luke Chambers' um, first day of next season starts in our first eleven, our summer recruitment won't have been all that. I think it's fair to say. So I think I'd leave it at that. <laughs> I that. But no, I, I totally agree. If there's a role within, if if there is a role for Luke Chambers from with, within the club, then yeah, I think that can only be encouraged. Um, 
Olimar, Alistair, um, the flat lining of the season seems unprecedented compared with 18, 19, 94, 95, which we talked about before. Regardless of contracts, um, players expected mass clear outs and, and has the manager just completely lost the dressing room having trashed their pro- professionalism, which is kind of a continuation on Super Fran's point. Um, Dave, do you, uh, he's right about, about the fall off being pretty unprecedented but it's it is, pretty but unique think, circumstances isn't it it is as we said before it's it's so unique all these players out of contract they've either been would they have been told who how do we know we don't we don't know yet but they know they're not going to be you know we've seen what the new owners you know what the new owners have come out and said this week about you know the dramatic changes in investment in the club deep down these players know they're not going to be there ne- next season so of course it's gonna it's got to have an effect it's got to have an effect so yep. um yeah must do and they're already seeing some of their fellow professionals and yeah uh, go judge some of the younger one. ones yeah absolutely judge obviously he was the highest profile so far and some of the some of the younger lads i mean that's been spoken about in social media over the last sort of you know week or so you know some of those younger players you'd like to you know like to remain or go i mean the, you know there's been talk of jack lancaster going which i think again is a, is a shame because again we know there was certainly a player there again long time out El Mizuni is the one for me I think that there's also talk about whether he goes or stays I mean personally again I think I'd certainly like him to stay again I think there's a there's a really good player there but there there is going to be some I think the fans are going to be surprised I think who who, who actually leaves um yeah, yeah um a few more um comments and bits and pieces here flim flam film fan um, remember that time, Dave, was it Dave? I think this is, I'm going to correct you, apologies for this. Um, I think it's Andy. Um, the time that Dave Jones, I think it was Graham Souness at Southampton, got fooled into signing a student who claimed to be George Ware's cousin. Um, Ali Dyer, wasn't our, it? Ali Dyer. Ali Dyer. He was there for a good few weeks, I think. Um, just oh. to explain our current squad, and who do you think claimed they, they are related to? <laughs> related to? I'm I'll say, Hawks, I'll say, Aaron Dryan and great nephew of Daryl Murphy, surely. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tim Pashley's back again. Our donuts or bagels on sale next season. Um, some Sam Adams, maybe. Um, yeah, beers be good. Yeah. Uh, Dan Rosenblatt. This is a. I, I just do this because this is like this is a, a new kind of the, the the bad penny of the questions on the. No offense to Dan. Um, will we ever score again, or will we score again this season? Well, it, will we score again this season, guys? Yes or no. Uh, we've got small, that would pause was too long. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> just, just quickly, I was going to say, haven't we got? We've got. Look, look we've got Swindon away on. So we always score Relegated. four, six. We scores four. We score sixes at Swindon, <laughs> and I think they've they've conceded some like eighty odd goals. If if and a big if, well, no, it's probably a small if. If we don't if we don't score against um, Swindon, then I can safely say I don't think we'll score again this season. No, <laughs> no, we won't. Um, he, um, Ian, um, with only three games to go, does it not really? Um, uh, oh, let me read this slowly. With only three games to go, two does. Yeah, not really matter. Um, let me retranslate the question for. <laughs> Do it was Ian. Paul Cook. Do it was yeah. Paul. I think you, you're with much only three much games to go. Because <laughs> yeah, it doesn't not matter now. Um, psychology of the players has to come into question. Um, sorry, Ian. Um, for the future, um, do you think the new regime, when we talked about this earlier, um, will address the issue by um, directly by having sports psychologists as part of the staff? Even if it isn't a permanent um, position, you know, Burley had someone, we've talked about this before, I think. Yeah. Um, Seb, um, surely there's a place I, for I think so, yeah, absolutely. In, in 2021, gonna... when we're yeah, pretty angry gonna... about mental health, 
yeah, if we're going to completely rev- revolutionise the you know the sports science department stuff, there has to be a role for that. Like you said, twenty twenty one, mental health is so important. We've seen a couple of stories come out from academy players, you know, about player welfare, etc. It's definitely a role that should be looked at, and just having somebody there, you know, don't make it don't make it compulsory. Some players might not want to talk to somebody, but just having somebody there as a you know a, a voice to be able to talk to, I think, would work wonders. Um, a, f- a few quick fire questions um, just to finish off with. Um, morning to Andrew. How do you think? They will promote the season tickets. <laughs> a list of players being released is suggested. I think what you I need is that. you need you need Paul Cook to say, "Get get in the raffle, and you get to play at the ground. You deserve the right." <laughs> play, play at Portman Road, but we, I, I think we'll hear about season tickets and refunds next week. According Christ, to sources, that is going to um, be a sell in it. That one. You just got to stick well, the three thank lines. God on the thank God we've got the yeah. If that, all you're going to do is have a you know statement oh, yeah, from we'll the American guys. Because can you imagine yeah. if we were saying it was Evans trying to put something together? <laughs> Imagine that. Wow. Yeah. Um, FBR track towards the least productive 10 hours the panel have ever spent. In a, in what, 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 was the question? what was the question? What was the what? What's sorry? The least productive 10 hours the panel have ever spent. Oof. Probably on um, a plane. Yeah, yeah. I, actually, yeah, I was once stuck, not quite 10, but something like eight hours in a plane on the runway at Atlanta Airport many, many years ago. There you go. Not quite 10, though. Still not quite 10. Seth, yeah. any exciting 10-hour? I was made to watch the Harry Potter films over Christmas with my uh, <laughs> my missus, and it was really, really boring. What a taking Atlanta over that. Not a oh, marathon. Uh, it felt like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Dave Gore, is this the most uh, bizarre spell in the club's history? I think, yeah. And unique. Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, it's got to be, isn't the it? The myriad of – myriad, I've used that twice. The plethora of um, – Things going I think I'll be. Although, although looking back in history, that um, that famous oh, that famous Christmas period uh, it was only a very short spell. That famous Christmas period in about 1964, wasn't it? When um, when one day literally we lost well, not literally one day we lost ten one at Fulham, and then two days later beat them four two. That was quite bizarre. But yeah, not yeah. not for such a period as this. To be fair, um, Remy and, and Mark um, are, are asking pretty similar questions. Um, were we not expecting more from Paul Cook? Um, just kind of understand the lack of effort. Says Remy and Mark, do you think Cook is mismanaging this or he thinks we, um, we have to rip this up in a very public way and start again? I guess we've kind of talked about this. We're unanimous that there's not a huge amount more than what Cook can do. Or and, no, is there, no. yeah. and something else that came out of the interviews again, they're going to say this, aren't they? But both Johnson and I think, and um, and Burke as well, you know, came out in their interviews and said, yeah, we're right behind Paul Cook. Paul Cook was was our choice. Um, he's the man we trust. And what he said it to work with the, you know, the new owners, the new chairman, CEO to get it done and get it done right. Yep. Um, final question from Mullet. Um, how many years until we get those tattoos with Brett? <laughs> Well, some of us stupidly, Sky Bet did an offer where you, it was, a, I think it was 10 to 1, will Ipswich Town be a Premier League club by 2025? And I did stick a tenner on that, I think about uh, two or three days after the uh, after the buyout, which I think you actually referred to as being really, really stupid. And looking back, that, look, <laughs> that, does, that does look quite accurate, doesn't it? I mean, at the minute, we can't, we can't think of that, can we? We're, we are a million miles away. Like, like Burke, I said, uh, what did he say? If we don't get promoted end of next season, he'll be disappointed. So let's take the small steps and then get ourselves to the championship and look to look to push on. You know, getting out of League One is probably the straightforward part. In theory, it's it's when we get to the championship that things will really start to get a little bit more difficult. And let's see, but it would be nice if uh, we could book that tattoo appointment in 2025, wouldn't it? And I can pay I, for it with I, my I, winnings from Skybet. 
I think we can almost safely say, listening to these guys, that if at this moment in time, next season, we're not promoted, I think we'll probably have a new manager. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think you're probably right. Yeah. Um, thanks, everyone, for the questions. They're always really useful. That I was going to ask Seb about his other bet that he placed with Skybet about this being promoted, but that was Craig's fault. Craig kept highlighting, didn't he, and saying we're 12 right. to 1, we're 15 to 1. And I stupidly went on Sky, I went on a betting app and went, oh, yeah, brilliant, we are actually. Yeah, and I stuck a tenner on, then I, I don't think I think I've even got the choice to cash out anymore. I think they just took pity on me and it's just sat there <laughs> every week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stop. Um, let's have a quick look at the league table. I was going to see the results up, but we don't really care. Um, <laughs> um, Hull are promoted. Um, 86 points um and again behind them is is peterborough on 82 in second yeah, just the about, playoffs sunderland uh streaky lee coming back to his his history coming back to haunt him they're on they're third with 73 points lincoln lost today 72 ox were the only team in the in the playoff positions currently who won yesterday and um, they're along with blackpool on 68 also with portsmouth on 68 and seventh Charlton 66, MK Dons on a three-match winning run. Not too late for them to make a last dash to the playoffs. And um, Swindon are relegated back to League Two. Bristol Rovers after a... I don't know how long Bristol Rovers have been in League One, actually. Um, but if you want, if you're struggling to find a manager who's had less of a new manager bounce than Paul Cook, then there's <laughs> another scouser called Cherry Barton who's not really had the desired effect at Bristol Rovers. But... That's your your roundup, and that's your lot. Um, so thank you, everyone, as always, for the contributions. As I said, um, Dave and Seb helped me navigate through that. We've got a few bits and pieces to plug. Already talked about um, favorite chicken. In fact, while I'm talking through that, um, there's our how you can follow us on Twitter, on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe. We're on Insta, on Facebook. Um, always <clears> pushing <throat> interesting and, and good things um, down there. Um, but also this week, we've done a little teaser trailer for it. Um, this uh, On this day or on this week um, in 2001, um, Ipswich had just beaten Coventry City 2-0 from, um, with goals from Martin Royce and a deflected long ranger from Jermaine Wright, which put Ipswich Town into joint third position um, in the Premier League, guys. Joint third with Leeds, equal on points and goals scored. Um, sorry, on goal difference, but goals scored, we were fourth. Um, and that was a three-match winning run. We'd had one defeat in our previous nine games, um, four points off second. Um, we've already talked about that season in passing. What what a massive kind of opposite of, of the situation we're in. Um, in. In celebration of the 20th anniversary of that unbelievable season, and we won't talk about the one that followed it, um, Mikey sat down with Skipper from that era, um, Matty Holland, to get his views on that. That will come out probably Tuesday or Wednesday next week to fill the void of more league one action um but guys very quickly on that your your kind of favorite memories of of that that campaign dave we'll start with you oh so crikey so many um perhaps perhaps a loss you know even going up to man u i remember going up to man u just before christmas losing oh other than them we really spoke about earlier on the pod the, the first game against man u going up to man u and um just i know we lost i think Sol beckham played a couple of like 50 yard balls to Solskjaer. i remember it's good but yeah just brilliant just being in the game and giving them a game and you know that was that was a that was a great memory i remember i'll oh, be right behind the goal you guys are probably there the royce a free kick at west ham um absolutely scenes there 
oh, that's just so many, just so many. The Man City game near the end of the season, fantastic. You know, um, you know the Matty Holland um, was it? Um, sorry, Armstrong dive, Armstrong diving header, wasn't it? Mm. Just, oh, just fantastic. What what a season! What a season! Um, and um, well, probably and earlier on in the season, um, we also went to the away game at Leeds. That was that was superb as well. Super nice one, Seb. Yeah. Just so many memories, weren't there? The ones that stand yeah. out for me was the Everton 3-0. You know, McGreal and Stewart just dancing the ball in on the goal line with with players lying all around him on the floor. The Anfield goal in front of the cop is always the one that's going to get, yeah. you know, going to get mentioned the you most. that one? Um, Marcus Stewart, yeah. And uh, <laughs> I did also love the um, the the Stewart hat-trick at the Dell. That was a brilliant game of football. You know, Royce hits the, the crossbar from the halfway line. You've got Horidison marauding up the wing. It, it was just just a perfect season. Absolutely fantastic. And uh, yeah, so many, so Many great memories, and I'm really looking forward to the chat that Mikey had with Matt Holland. Uh, yeah, and just super. a little one in there from from me. Um, was it was it Boxing Day or between Christmas and New Year's? We absolutely battered Spurs. Yes. We've eaten three. Oh, yeah. yeah, it should have been Icy six pitch. or seven that day. Icy pitch. That, yeah, that game. Yeah, it yeah. was one of my favourites. But an amazing season, and yeah, as you said, guys, and um, really great to hear from. I'm turning into Paul Cook now. That. That impression is really vocal, um, but really great to hear from within the camp as well and get the perspective of the players who, who probably were pinching themselves every week. So um, look out for that one. That'll go down on the usual channels. Um, and that's your lot. I said no no midweek live shows or anything like that. Um, we'll be back next week to talk through hopefully at least a goal scored for Ipswich. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Away at Swindon. Um, and... Who want, I would say, who wants the last word? Should it be me as Paul Cook? It's got to be Paul Cook, surely. Oh, yeah. it's got to be Paul Cook. Cook, Cook, Cook is crap I, as Paul Cook. What should I say? I mean, maybe I need to quote... Um, crap! Maybe I need to quote Burke Vakai as Paul Cook. And I'll flip the quote around. Let's, let's see if this works. Let me um, let me cue up the outro as well so there's not an awkward pause after I've done it. Um, one second, right. Here we go. Strap yourselves in. This is going to be epic. <clears throat> Get the resources. Get it done. Thanks for watching or listening to the Blue Monday podcast. And thanks to those of you who have kindly supported the channel via Acast or YouTube donations. You can follow us at the usual places on social media. And don't forget to subscribe so that you get our new shows first. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.